Hey there, everyone. In this week's episode of the Survivalist Prepper podcast, we've got a replay of a podcast Lisa and I did a while ago about sanitation and some of the diseases that may kind of rear their ugly head again in some sort of post-collapse type situation. Now, the stuff we talked about today is like that longer-term disaster type stuff, like the cholera, the typhoid, uh, the stuff that could rear its ugly head and just make a, a bad situation even worse. Uh, we talked about what some of these diseases are and also uh, some of the antibiotics that may be helpful uh, to treat those, although it's difficult uh, it may be more difficult to figure out what exactly you're trying to treat, but we go through all of that in the show. Uh, while we talked about this stuff that is going to be more prevalent in a longer-term type situation, the sanitation and the stuff that we need to look out for is important, regardless whether it's a natural disaster, say it's an earthquake or flooding. You know, you're going to have molds, you're going to have uh, water contamination, all sorts of different things. So it's important in a short-term situation to pay attention to this sanitation and these sicknesses and stuff, as well as something that that may kind of put us back to a sort of kind of third-world type scenario, I suppose. But before we get into the show, though, I wanted to mention that at the Survivalist Prepper Academy, I'm putting up the the videos of the the conference classes that we put on at the Preparedness Experience Conference. Uh, I've got, I, I think I've got about eight of those videos. I didn't get the, the other two, but what I'm going to do is put those on the Academy for anybody that's a member. You can go and watch those videos. Uh, now it's going to take me a bit. I've got about three or four of them on there now. It's going to take me a bit because they're large files. They're hour long videos. Uh, so I've got to, uh, living in the boonies, my internet is not the greatest. So it's going to take me probably a couple weeks to get all of those videos on there. Uh, but they will be on there. Uh, right now, I believe there's four on there. Uh, but I will leave a link on your on the uh, the start page, the start here page at the Academy. If you're not an Academy member, make sure and go to the show notes here at survivalistprepper.net for this podcast. And podcast listeners will get a, a discounted rate. So go to survivalistprepper.net, uh, and I'll leave the link there to get that discounted rate. Uh, but anyway, let's go ahead and get into the show this week, talking about sanitation and some of these diseases uh, that might spring up in any sort of long-term type disaster scenario. All right, hello everyone and welcome to the Survivalist Prepper Show. This week we're going to talk about some some post-collapse diseases, some antibiotics, and even at the end we're going to we mentioned last week about knowing your blood type and we got a little kit from eBay and we're going to uh, test our blood type because I mentioned last week that I don't know what my blood type is because you can see how much I go to the doctor. Before we get into the show, though, I want to take care of some house cleaning stuff. You can support Survivalist Prepper. It can help us keep doing what we do by visiting the SHTF shop. We have Legacy Foods. Uh, we also have the Academy where we've got courses, prepping courses, uh, if you're just getting into prepping. And also you get wholesale prices on 
the the stuff we sell or the the suppliers like legacy foods and all that stuff so pretty cool um to kind of you can make your money back from the the cost of the membership itself just by by getting the food and it helps us continue to do what we do uh but i suppose let's go ahead and get into the show because this i have a feeling is going to be pretty long and i don't really know where it's going to go because it could go there's so many different things that go into this there's sanitation which is a bunch of different categories itself when you're talking about cleanliness and you're talking about your trash and your poop and all the different stuff and then we're going to talk about what some of those diseases could cause and even some antibiotics that can help with those diseases but i have a feeling you you've got um a few things you have to say about antibiotics right because it's just not, a few yeah because it's not just the willy-nilly you throw an antibiotic at it that kind of a lot of people think these days is just i need an antibiotic so so i guess we'll get into all of that first um i'll start i'll go over a couple of diseases that we need to look out for um some of the and then you can go into and I'll, I'll mention the antibiotics and you can you can rip into me and tell me why it's bad. OK, but well, if that's the case, but it may not be the case. But a lot of these diseases, I think, and it really depends on the situation. But even if it's not full scale Mad Max type thing, um, we can still see some of the diseases that were prevalent, you know, 100, 150 years ago that that have been taken care of because of our sanitation, our modern advances and all that stuff. Like I'll just start with the first one here, typhoid. Um, typhoid fever was, was huge back in, in like the old West is when I think of it. Is that about right? I think so. Okay. <laughs> and what it's a bacterial infection, right? And, it, and it's from dirty water, right. dirty food, dirty right. conditions, period. Uh, do you know what typhoid does? What it, what it causes? Some of the things that are associated with typhoid fever would be um, weakness, abdominal pain, constipation, headaches um, with fever. Without treatment, it can last a very, very long time. And nausea, but, but outright no. vomiting. Yeah, that's no. not really part of it. And and not diarrhea too. And diarrhea is just a huge one that there's a lot of different things, especially food borne illnesses. We're going to talk about. Yeah, that could cause that, and that. That's a huge one we need to watch out for because there's just so many things that could cause that. Right. And I mean, I think it's interesting, too, to think about. So some of the symptoms that are associated with like like this typhoid fever um, <clears throat> is you get a fever, but then you also also headaches and abdominal pain. So that could, you know, mimic a lot of there's a lot of other issues or health concerns that you could have, especially in a situation where you don't have the modern conveniences and, and you may not know what it is. Yeah. And if you're someone like me, you, you're thinking you just have the average cold. Right. And it and might be something much yeah. more serious. And and that is something that you do need to, um, it's, since it's a bacterial infection, um, antibiotics would be something that you would need to in order to treat it. Which kind of antibiotic? Cipro. Ciprofloxacin. Ciprofloxacin. I think that's how you say it. And, you know, it's, it's interesting to me because there's a few of these that you can treat with antibiotics but without doctors without all that stuff diagnosis is pretty tough because the symptoms of that seem like a common cold right until or you could think it's a flu or something yeah so i mean if you're taking taking cipro you can't just explain why you can't just pop an antibiotic because this is was confusing to me until we talked about it and it's like 
it just it seems like you know there's drugs that'll get you high that'll do this that'll do that this is antibiotics are one of those it doesn't doesn't really do anything that you can outright feel you know what i mean right not a painkiller not anything like that but what why are why are they dangerous well a lot of times i mean and i and i see this on a daily basis i get calls on this on a daily basis and i need a tape recorder in my pocket so i can say it that the first thing people think they see, you know, something or they they get a, they have cold symptoms, runny nose, whatever. First thing they think is I need an antibiotic. And that is not always the case. Um, and that's the kind of culture we're in these days, huh? Right. Everybody's like throwing an antibiotic at it. Yeah. So and it's, it's almost Which, because they're amazing. But if they're the right, you know, antibiotic or right pill, I guess you would say the right overuse. Right. When the, you need the right treatment to cure whatever it is that's that's ailing you. So, but the first inkling that anybody thinks of when you say I'm going to the doctor or someone says they're going to the doctor, the first thing that pops into your mind is they're going to give you a pill. So if you're sick, the first thing you think of is I need to go to the doctor because I need, I need an antibiotic. Yeah. And with all the commercials and all that too, not just antibiotics, but everybody is like, throw a pill at it. Right. Throw right. A pill at it. Which I think, and I have to say this because this really bothers me. They have a, a pill now for people that have opioid induced constipation. So from taking too many pills. Yeah. So what happens take when you a pill because you take too many pills? Yeah. Well, and what happens is when you take opiates or narcotics, it it blocks the pain receptors, but it also slows down everything in your in your intestinal tract, your GI tract. So you get constipated. Gotcha. So what you're going to do is you're going to take oxycodone or something. And then if you're taking it long term, you can't poop. So what are you going to do? Well, let's take a pill so we can poop. When you really maybe consider taking something different that's not a narcotic, that's not screwing up your system, and making it so you can't poop. Just grab a spoon. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. <laughs> uh, so, but anyway, um, typically it's Cipro, but you have to be able to figure out which that you have that you have that yeah. yeah but i mean in in a shtf sort of situation you're going to try to figure out what i mean you're going to try to do whatever you can to increase your odds so right. it's not like taping taking cipro is going to kill you right it's Correct. just going to it, it might not be the right one right and and if you take the the biggest problem is when you take an antibiotic and it's not the right one so let's say that the whatever your the bacteria you're fighting is resistant to or you know that back that antibiotic isn't going to work so the problem is when you're when you're let's say you're taking the antibiotic but it's not the appropriate antibiotic for the bacteria that you're trying to treat so then you have the antibiotic is going to kill some bacteria so you put that in your gut and it's going to kill the good bacteria in your gut it can cause diarrhea um tummy upset stuff like that but it, it can also it can create an opportunistic infection. So that's why it's really important to number one, if you can know what antibiotic you need to treat something with. And if you're not sure if you need an antibiotic or if you don't need an antibiotic, don't take one. Yeah. And I forgot to mention in the beginning of this again about tinfoil hat time and um, the fact that next week we got this idea from Jenny and Chris. Chris just had about with pneumonia and all that. And we got this idea. So next week we're going to go through 
like common illnesses and yeah. some of the the treatments that maybe some of the natural remedies all of that stuff uh, but as we were researching this i went into some of these so i think we're going to start here and go there okay. info hat time we're going to talk about the apple thing uh with them not wanting to give up their information and the 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 the, the pros and cons i suppose your opinions my opinions i have a feeling we'll both agree what but yeah we'll see but anyway so that's typhoid um typically like i said cipro ciproflaxin ciproflaxin another one another old west one that we don't hear about quite a bit anymore or at almost at all anymore is cholera and cholera is in a what do i have written here cholera is an infectious disease that causes severe watery diarrhea which leads to dehydration and even death if untreated and it's caused by eating dirty food, dirty water. Again, all of these are basically the living conditions. Mm -hmm. And this could be a depression type event where, you know, if the grid's down, there's the, the treatment plants. There's, you know, you're going to be buying food maybe. Even if it's not a Mad Max thing, maybe you're buying food more from farmer market type things. And you don't know what that food's been through. Well, Granted, you don't know now because it's all chemicals and treatment right? and all that. But, but cholera isn't a... Uh disease that's actually you know gone away and if you go to third world countries it's actually pretty prevalent because the sanitation is just not up to like yeah. what ours is so I, I would assume because in india i think it's really dirty people poop in the water and stuff and yeah, then and wash their clothes and yeah. all those pictures i see on national geographic yeah and, stuff. and the water looks really dirty yeah well, it's because they're pooping and stuff in it yeah that's and gross. then they go and clean themselves in it so i I mean, cholera is something that is very easily preventable, but the biggest thing is you gotta you've gotta have sanitation. So another thing to think about, so it it, it it's a um it's a bacteria, cholera is, or that's what what you get it from. But you have to be careful because if if you are taking antibiotics, um, not necessarily us in general, but let's say that these third third world countries and stuff that do have it eventually bacteria gets smart. I think bacteria is smarter than us in some instances because it will develop um, resist, resistance or... to it, to antibiotics. And that's, and I know this sounds, this is gross, but um, I can't think of what it is. Uh, gonorrhea. Gonorrhea actually is becoming um, resistant to antibiotics. So there is antibiotic resistant gonorrhea. That's wow. scary. Good. I'm glad I'm married. Right. Happily married and no plans for anything else because. That's just crazy. But yeah, like I have written here, the disease is most common in places with poor sanitation, crowding, war and famine. And that could be, you know, an SHTF situation, mm -hmm. not necessarily maybe the famine or anything. But you've got places like this where people are bathing in the rivers and then they go pick a couple heads of lettuce and sell it at the farmer's market. I mean, that's how this stuff gets gets transmitted or they don't you don't know what your neighbors are doing it where they're storing their trash, where they're storing their poop. They don't know the stuff that we know. Mm -hmm. So all they all they know is the trash man comes on Thursdays and they flush the toilet and everything is gone. But what do you do when when that stops? Then they've got to kind of learn on the fly. And, you know, in, in that situation, I might take it upon myself to make sure my neighbors know what they're doing because they're putting me at risk. Right. I don't know how much it depends on the situation, how much I put myself out there though. But, but yeah, that's some, some pretty dangerous stuff in, I mean, it's not gone. It's gone here because of our sanitation, because of the systems we have in place, but, or not totally gone, but it's not a huge, it, we don't think about it a lot. 
Um, this also can be treated the the dehydration part of it, right? Because it causes severe dehydration. Yeah, because it causes like severe explosive watery diarrhea. So the 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 disease itself doesn't need antibiotics, but to treat that. You can use a few different ones, right? And you're going to have to, to read these off because I can't pronounce <laughs> any of them except um, for ciprofloxacin. So tetracycline, doxycycline, which is actually like a, a newer generation of tetracycline, uh, fur, furazolidine. Furazolidone. Yeah. Or ciprofloxacin. And those will reduce the duration of the diarrhea. Now, my question with this, and I don't know if you know it or not because it just popped up in my head, but will those, if you've got something else that caused diarrhea or something, will those help with that? Or is that just overuse as well? Um, I think uh, one of the, it's kind of, you're, that's, that's a double-edged sword because with I diarrhea... other medications you can take for that other than an antibiotic, right? Yeah, but a lot of times when you're taking an antibiotic, you actually end up with diarrhea because oh, really? it kills the, the good... You have a lot of bacteria in your gut, which is good bacteria, beneficial bacteria. And if you start taking an antibiotic, like long-term, so not just a one-dose antibiotic, but if you're taking it 5, 7, 10, 14 days then you a lot of times end up with diarrhea because you kill off some of the normal flora or the good bacteria, the beneficial bacteria in your gut. So that's why I think it's important with cholera to remember that it is um, pretty much a single dose therapy with an antibiotic. So like maybe a larger dose of it, the antibiotic. So a single dose is one time, right? One time dose. Yeah. Don't You don't take it daily or anything like no. that? No. Okay. So maybe the antibiotics take the explosiveness away, yeah, but not necessarily the whole. Maybe they take they, they kill off some of the bacteria, but then allow your normal flora to kind of put everything back in balance. Gotcha. Okay, and then one more on the the major diseases, the old eighteen hundreds diseases is dysentery, and this is I've got written here. It's a type of gastroenteritis. Very good. What is that? That's uh, um, anything with itis. On the end of it is inflammation. Inflammation. So okay. swelling and inflammation. And gastro is related to your GI system. So GI system inflammation. So I got like my intestines turn into balloons. Yeah, they start swelling. Yeah. Very good. Good. Hey. And this causes diarrhea in the in the blood or <laughs> with blood, not <laughs> diarrhea in, in the, the blood. blood. That would probably kill you, right? Yeah, I That's think probably so. Septic. I think you have you have septicemia. <laughs> it, it causes diarrhea with blood, um, and this uh, I've got written here is caused by a number of types of infections, such as bacteria, virus, parasitic worms, or protozoa. Drink, drinking dirty water, dirty yep. food, all of that stuff. I mean, all of this is that's why we're going it going into sanitation. We'll go through some things too at the end of this of things we should be doing to cure this, but. Um, maybe not in too much because, like I said, we got a whole bunch to go into. But dysentery um, is can be treated with ampicillin and amoxicillin, right? Yeah. And then you have to be careful because um, ampicillin, amoxicillin, if somebody's allergic to cillins or says they're allergic to penicillin, then they could have a reaction to ampicillin, amoxicillin, even um, augmentin, which is, I can't say it, um, something clavulente. It's like amoxicillin clavulente. So that, and that's actually, um, it's a cillin too, and that could cause an allergic reaction. Gotcha. So another reason not to just go willy nilly on the antibiotics, because right. 
not only now you were mentioning the other day, I forget where you were talking about, but about how that antibiotics can do damage, even though people think they can't by taking the wrong kind of antibiotic or too much of them, they kill that, that flora, right? What yeah. You, the normal were... flora, the good bacteria. So, and I'm likening it to um, like what I deal with every day and that's wounds. Um, and the, because the best way to protect your body is to keep the largest organ of your body intact, which is your skin. And on your normal, your normal skin, your skin, my skin, it doesn't matter. There is a symbiotic relationship with bacteria that is on our skin all the time. And it's, it's staph, it's strep. Um, there's just, that's there because that's pr actually protecting us. So even though it's a bacteria, it's actually a good bacteria when it's in check. But when you take antibiotics and let's say you have like for the people I deal with, they have a foot wound that just it's chronic. It won't heal. So they get put on antibiotics. And a lot of times the antibiotic doesn't work or they don't do what they're supposed to do. And so then that bacteria that's on the skin, it actually kills off some of the good bacteria, but then lets the, lets the other bacteria actually increase and multiply and then if you have an open wound, that bacteria gets in, the, gets in underneath the skin and it gets deeper and it can go like to the muscles, even into the bone. And then it's kind of going unchecked. So then you end up with an infection. Gotcha. Yep. All right. And there's a couple more that I've got before we get into like the foodborne illnesses and stuff. But um, some of these we're going to talk about next week, like the, the colds, flus, mm -hmm. um, tuberculosis, whooping cough, bronchitis, pneumonia. All of that stuff is going to be huge. And that's kind of um, airborne stuff, right? Yeah, res all respiratory about. stuff. And I mean, even right now, people should I, – I don't know about anywhere else, but I know a couple people that I work with, they've either been really sick or their family members have been sick for like two months with this respiratory crap. We've even had people that have – I mean, healthy people that end up with pneumonia. And I just think it's a very interesting fact that all of the people that are getting sick and they've been sick, and I don't want to jinx myself, but they all got flu shots. Yeah, and, that's true. And I, I refuse to get a flu shot. Well, Knock on wood, I have not gotten I sick haven't, yet. And I've gotten sick a few times. Right, but, but it my hasn't. immune system sucks, I think. Well, yeah, <laughs> but still, even, even being – and we're going to talk about that next week too, yeah. building up your immune system. But go ahead, sorry. But even though you have you you know your immune system might be a little bit not I don't want to say depressed, but or less enhanced than mine because I'm around that crap all the time. But Could then I be. I bring it home, and then you're exposed to it. But even though you have been sick off and on, but you haven't been like sick like these people. Two months they've had uh, an upper respiratory infection or been on like three rounds of antibiotics and then they're still sick just with like like flu-like respiratory symptoms yeah mine's not quite that bad no plus i'm kind of a baby too when it comes to being sick just a little you'll, bit you'll go to work you can be just as sick as me you'll go to work you stay you get up and do things and i'm like oh, i'm just gonna watch some tv and lay down <laughs> So, but I'm kind of a baby. But anyway, we'll talk about a lot of that stuff next week. Uh, before we get into foodborne illnesses, though, um, what are some of the things you can do? Because all these dysentery, all of these diseases we talked about, those aren't necessarily airborne, right? No, that's so pretty much on your skin. That's sanitation. So what sanitation, can we do huge. To, to kind of help help ourselves in that situation? I guess starting with us, 
would be hand sanitizer, right? Right. Hand sanitizer and washing your hands. Yeah. Just massive amounts. I mean, store massive amounts of hand sanitizer because in a situation like that, you can't, you're not going to be able to bathe every day. Well, not only that, but um, there's a lot of, this is really interesting, a lot of wounds and stuff. People have infections with, um, when we do cultures of their wound, they have E. coli in the wound. Do you know where E. coli comes from? Poop. Your poop. Yep. So, but a lot of times people don't get it from, because they wipe their butt and then, you know, they touch their wound or whatever. You actually, it's on your shoes. So every time you go out, so when, just think about when you go into a a public bathroom. True. Never thought about that. Or even walking around, you're, you've got so much bacteria and crap on, literally crap on your shoes. And then you're bringing it home. You're bringing it into your house. So that's pretty dirty. Yeah, and we don't pay attention. You don't think about near it. enough about you know when we take our shoes off. Yep. You know what we're touching when we do. It's just dirt, mm-hmm. basically, is what we see. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's true. Um, but making sure that we can keep as much of the trash. I mean, keep our our homes as clean as we can. Keep the trash. Keep the poop. Keep all that stuff. Keep out, the poop outside of the house. Keep it out of sight, <laughs> out of mind, basically. But nobody it, wants to see a big pile of poop in the in the house anyway. No, but I think um I think that's something that you know it just it creates a habit. So if you start doing that stuff now, and I'm not saying don't poop in the house, just start not using your toilets now and no. your buckets and take them outside. And- <laughs> no. But I'm saying that way if you get sick now, you can go to the doctor. See, yeah, we no, did it wrong. <laughs> no, you just you keep yourself clean, um, keep your home clean, wipe everything down, use, you know, natural yeah, start remedies. Start doing it now. Creating those it, habits of being yes, clean and being and yes. being cognizant and aware of what you're touching, what you're doing, all that stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Cause then when something like that happens, if you've been doing it for years and years and years. It's it's already a habit that's ingrained in your head and it'll be easier to keep, you know, keep everything, he- yeah. everyone around you healthy and your living space clean. And and help your family become more aware of it, too, because a lot of them don't really think twice about it mm-hmm. because everybody's so used to the way things are right now. You go wash your hands, even though people don't do that near enough. You You can do that anytime you want. You can take a shower anytime you want. If, if your house is a little bit dirty, not going to kill you. Right. But in a situation like that, when you're going to have trash piling up and all that stuff and your neighbors are going to be doing the same thing. And that's what, you know, after you've got yourself figured out, you've got to figure out the stuff as you, you go outside. It all depends on what the situation looks like, right? If it's right. full Mad Max type thing, you're probably not going to want to be traveling around the neighborhood too much. But if it's not, if it's a depression type thing where you've got to go out and do odd jobs and stuff like that just to make some money, um, you might be putting yourself in that situation. So even, um, you know, this is kind of a respiratory thing, but when you're when you're maybe working around the trash or something, the RZ masks we have, and that's what we're going to go into next is some of the respiratory st- or the food stuff. But the RZ masks, I mean, or, or just regular masks, just to give yourself some protection from mm-hmm. that stuff. As you're out and about, especially if you're in an, in an area where something has broken out. So it's a huge pandemic. You should really wear a mask. Yeah. So I want to talk about a few things because food and water are going to be huge in that situation, especially when we're trying to figure out what we're going to eat and all that stuff. And we're, you know, again, I'll go with the depression type event thing where maybe you're going to farmer's markets or people are selling their food, bartering, all of that. You're going to have to watch out for salmonella. 
um, and the foodborne illnesses like that. Now, granted, salmonella is with chickens, but it can get transferred. And you see mm-hmm. that a lot now where they've got spinach that's infected with salmonella because all these processing plants are doing processing so much food. Well, even it all gets mixed up. Yeah, even E. coli. E. coli yeah, is e. coli getting too is a big one. big on um, vegetables and and like strawberries and stuff. Yeah, because all of these get intertwined and mixed up. And well, not um, only that, this is really interesting. But some places, like remember when we had our septic system cleaned out, and mm-hmm. I asked the dude, "What are you going to do with the poop, the poopy water?" They actually they sell it to um, different like Manure, farmers. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and they. This is disgusting, but they use it for fertilization. Yeah, I remember him telling me that, and I was like, "That's disgusting." Yeah, but, but that makes sure that's that's one of the reasons you really need to make sure if you're buying fruits and vegetables from the store, you need to wash it. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's not just you know lettuce grown out of piles of poop or anything. No, but, but if they turn it into a like a fertilizer, like you know, concocture or something. Yeah, it could. I'm sure they do what they can to make sure that it turns into fertilizer, but yeah, you, you just never know. It's still yeah. the thought of the thought of your, yeah. your poop fertilized, your strawberries. Yeah, that's, that's gross. Human feces. Yeah. That's disgusting. Yeah. Um, but salmonella can, can feel like a normal cold too, but it's, it's, it, it can give you the upset stomach, the headache, the fever, the, all of that different stuff cause diarrhea, uh, most of the time it causes diarrhea. So mm-hmm. um, if you're, you know, if we're going to be eating chickens, we've got to make sure even when you're caring for chickens, you've yeah. got to make sure you're watching out for that because just picking them up and holding them. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then you've got to make sure you wash your hands mm-hmm. after you do that. So you don't accidentally come into contact with salmonella. Yeah. And that's important even for people that don't have chickens now, because who knows in an event like that, mm-hmm. you don't get your hands on somebody's bartering for a chicken or something. And you're like, Hey, this is eggs. Yeah. I can use a chicken. I'll throw it in the backyard. Um, the next one I've got is streptococcus. Staphylococcus. Staphylo- strepola- Staphylococcus. <laughs> and this is the bacteria you were talking about, right? You do have staph on your skin. Everybody does. But there's good and bad, right? Well, it's just it's how it's how it's being, I don't want to say used, but because there's different types of staph, um, you have the MRSA staph or you have the staph that's on your skin. So there's different kinds. And the reason why I think of this as a foodborne illness is because if somebody's got staph or something, and, and a lot of this comes from my working in restaurants for so long because when somebody would have a cold or something, they'd find out they have staph, it mm-hmm. was, you're going home. Mm-hmm. But um, it, it can be spread to those foods. Mm-hmm. So now if you're cooking, you know, you want to cook it up to a certain temperature, 165 for some meats, 145 for others. But you want to just in a situation like that, you just want to cook the crap out of everything. No right. medium rare steaks. Nope. But if you cook it, it gets rid of that stuff. It's when that food is prepared, somebody touches it or it gets on there and it's not being cooked after that. Um, there's the the food danger zone. Which is 65 degrees, between 65 degrees and 140 degrees, I believe. Something like that. It's been a while. But that's the, if you if food is in that, that zone in between those two temperatures for over four hours, that's when that stuff starts growing. The bacteria starts yep. growing on it. Now, staff is going to be there. Somebody touches it. Somebody's got a cold. Somebody's got anything. That, you know, that could be on there. And again, with the farmer's markets, you're going to get food. You don't know where it came from. Mm-hmm. Right now, yeah, it's, you know, they've, they've. Got all these insecticides and all this because nobody wants to get sued. So they try to make it as safe. They don't care if it kills us in the long run. They just don't want us to get sick right now. 
Franken food. Yeah, but in a situation like that, you've got to pay extra attention. You know, wash your stuff before you use it and eat it if you get it there. Yep. Um, or pay attention to your family if it's your own food. Uh, botulism is another one I've got here. Uh, and this is, I think is the last one, but botulism is huge because we can, it, as preppers, we can a lot of food and do all of that stuff. So botulism, botulism is pretty heavy duty. Botulism right? is bad. Yeah. It affects your like, nervous system. And I don't think there's a whole lot you, you can do without medical attention, right? No. Um, yeah. And I honestly, I've never seen anybody that suffered from that, but it can kill you. I mean, I don't know exactly how, I don't even know how you would treat that. I guess I need to look that up. And, and botulism, like if you've got, if your, your canned goods aren't sealed properly, mm -hmm. stuff like that, right? Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't even take a chance if you, if you're hesitant about something. I mean, botulism is, it's not like the common cold. It's not like getting sick no. and be sick for a few days. It's, no, it can kill you. So if you do canned foods and stuff, and if you, you know, go get a jar and it just looks funky or it looks off or it has a bad odor. Don't even don't even take the chance. Just so when in doubt, throw it out. Yeah. And that'll put you in a kind of a tough situation in an SHTF event. You, you've you got nothing left. Maybe you've got a couple of pieces of bread and a can of peaches or something and you're worried about it. You know, what do you do at that point? You're starving. Yeah. Well, you chance the botulism. I bet you a lot not. of people will. I bet they will. But hopefully it never comes to that because hopefully People are planning and preparing and they have not just relying on their, their canned food, but they have other options that they're, they're, you know, their long-term food storage, their own gardening, bartering skills, whatever. Yeah, you got to have stuff. a plan A, B, C, and D. Yeah. And botulism, it'll cause, you know, paralysis and all of that. Mm -hmm. um, it, they're irreversible things. So yeah. it might not necessarily kill you, mm -hmm. but- that that stuff that happens to you, say your arm doesn't work anymore or the right side of your body or whatever, you know, the your, your nervous system gets jacked up. Yeah, that's irreversible. So you're living even if you live through it, you're living your rest of your life like that because you wanted some damn peaches. Right. So no or peaches you needed some damn peaches. No peaches deal. No peaches. I'm OK with that. OK, I, I can go without peaches. Um, but that's, you know, some of the main ones that I've got, some of the things that we need to think about. And my I guess my main point of all of this was pay attention to the sanitation of everything because it's going to be a huge issue and there's a lot of things that we take for granted now that can be fixed even whether we have insurance or not mm -hmm. you go to the doctor you get a pill you, you you do the right things you go to the the drugstore you get some cold medication all that stuff like that isn't going to be around it's our job kind of to collect as much of that stuff as we can but in a situation like that i think prevention is going to be far more important. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Yeah, exactly. And you so. really, people need to listen to that and heed that. And that is like one of the, as far as a medical person, you know, somebody with medical training and a med from a medical perspective, that's where I focus everything that I do is preventing people from having problems because it's way easier to prevent something and it's way cheaper than it is to cure something without because if you're if you're being preventative you're learning how to wash your hands keeping yourself healthy eating a good diet staying away from gmos and all that crap it's a lot easier that way than if you do end up sick and then then you do have to start antibiotics or you do have to have surgery or whatever because then 
there's so many risks and there's so many, I mean, the percentage for complications from something that you could have prevented, Mm -hmm. the complications sometimes are worse than the actual bacteria or disease or whatever it was. So like, for instance, people with the foot wounds, going on the foot wounds again. So you get a little foot wound, you get a blister on your foot and you don't take care of it. That could blow up into losing a limb. That could blow up into being put on um, IV antibiotics for six weeks that, yeah, it's going to kill the bacteria and the infection, but now you just killed your kidneys too. So now you need a kidney transplant. Yeah. I mean, so if you can do these things preventatively, learn how to wash your hands, keep yourself healthy, I think you're going to be a lot better than if you do end up having to have a treatment. I think it's kind of funny too that our philosophies are so completely different about all this stuff. I'm like, I cut myself. I'm like, roll the dice, basically. I'm, I'm like, well, I'll take the chance. I'll do something and we'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, where you are, in my opinion, totally extreme on the other end. You got to do this, do this. You you got the nurse mentality. Well, I think not necessarily the nurse mentality, but the prevention mentality. Yeah. Because I am inherently lazy, believe it or not. And I like to work smarter and not harder. So if I can prevent if something. If you're lazy, right? I must be, I don't know. You're a sloth. I'm shiftless, just sloth. Yeah. Anyway. But, but if you if you prevent an illness from happening, if you take care of yourself, you eat healthy, you do, you know, you have good sanitation skills, do everything you can to prevent it from happening, you're going to be much better off because if you try to, if you do get sick or get an infection, then you have to go through a treatment. Well, that treatment may not may not, might kill the bacteria or you know cure that problem, but it can cause many other complications and problems just from the treatment. So wouldn't it be better just to prevent everything from happening in the first place so you don't have to go through all of that? Yeah, but when I scratch myself or cut myself and my philosophy is rub some dirt on it, and it, and it looks fine, but I show it to you and you're like, oh my goodness, we need some silver We need to get some bandages. We need to do this. And I'm like, come on, it's a scratch. Yeah, but then after we do, you do like cave into me and let me do my little treatment on you, which is natural, by treatment the way. for a scratch. Right. And what happened? What does that scratch look like in about 48 looks to 72 hours? Better than when I would have done it, but it's pretty much I'm gone. I'm a guy. I don't care. It's a scar. But you should care because you need to prevent something from happening. Yeah, I, I could see why how it could, I suppose. But you know, I'm I'm forty five, still here. So <laughs> Thankfully. Yeah, my whole life. Maybe it was my upbringing because when I'd get sick and stuff, my mom was like, Let me know how you feel tomorrow. And that's kind of the way I'm with the kids too. Here, take it take something. Go rest, go lay down, get out of my face. And then what do I do? I go get my thieves essential (laughs) oils. I put Vicks on the bottom of their feet. We get the, we get the, what is it? Humid. No, I don't want to get sick and I want them to get better. So we get the humidifier going, increase vitamin C, vitamin D, protein, rest. Maybe that's why I'm such a baby when I get sick. Maybe. Because I'm like, oh, I don't feel good, Lisa. Yeah. (laughs) Even though when you want to do all that crap, put Vicks on my feet, it's like, this is unnecessary. But I'm not going to fight you. Yeah, Go but, then, ahead. but then you always say, and you're like, you're like, I have a headache. Well, did you take anything for it? No. But there's there's nothing to prove that Vicks works on your feet. I'm, works, just I'm telling you, it works. Just because I happen to get better or or whatever. <laughs> and and aspirin, I don't ever take any any pills or anything because it doesn't do a whole lot. So I'm does like, it relieve your pain? What's the point? Does a little it bit, your pain? but it's still I still have a headache. So 
You know, it's not like, you know, getting a Vicodin or something like that. And we're all, woo, I don't even care. Yeah, it just makes you throw up. Yeah, I'd never been much for that either. I had some when I broke my ribs and didn't even take the whole treatment or whatever. Nah. Uh, I think my friends did, though. (laughs) But anyway, that's that's it this week. We're going to go ahead and get into tinfoil hat time, talk about... This Apple thing and the, the with the, the terror suspects trying to unlock their phone and all that. All right, so I'm curious your opinion. Apple has basically said, and I don't know what's happened recently with this, but Apple's basically said, we're not going to give the, what which agency is it? Do you know? I don't know, but I think give a little bit of background. So... The, yeah, that's true. Huh? The San Bernardino, 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 <laughs> San Bernardino people that did the the mass shooting or whatever the fourteen people that died yeah. at the Christmas the party, terrorist the terrorist, event, yeah. They um, so I guess the the government and I don't know which alphabet agency it is, but they want Apple to um, unlock the phone so that they can get information out of their iPhones. But so a court, there was a court. Now, do they want Apple to do it or do they want to do it? Well, they want Apple to give them the backdoor code or whatever. So they want to do it. They they have the evidence. Yeah. Yeah, That Okay. But and then so a, a judge said, yes, Apple, you have to do this. And Apple is saying no. We're not. So doing they're appealing this. it is is where they're at right now. Yeah. As far as when we're recording. Yeah. This. So I'm curious, what are your and I have a feeling we're going to agree on this, but what are your opinions? Should they? Because this is a terrorist event. If it could help solve something in the future. Right. Should they? Well, OK, this is my opinion. So in my opinion, um, I I think that's they're walking down a very, very slippery slope mm-hmm. um, because, yes, there's people at Apple that could figure out how to do this. And there's people that are clamoring saying, you have to do this. You have to do this because they were terrorists. Okay. Yes, they were terrorists. And yes, they did a very bad thing. But number one, they already did it. It's already done. Mm -hmm. So the information in their phones, could it be helpful? Who knows? But the thing that- Could it finger somebody in the Middle East that maybe has ties? I doubt it. Because I mean, look, if if the government is listening to all of us right now and collecting data on all of us right now- and they can't prevent something like that from happening because these mm-hmm. people were here. They already lived here. If they couldn't collect data or whatever on them, and then, but then they're collecting it all on us. So we're supposed to say, oh, yeah, it's OK. You guys can do that because you obviously can't do your job with your data collection that you already have. So we're going to force a company into helping us. So I think that the dangerous part about this is if they get this so that Apple has to do it then that's putting all of us and you can pretty much kiss any facade of privacy away right now as a person because they can get whatever they want, even though they can get a lot of what they want already. Yeah. I I kind of think of it like giving your car keys to a car thief to go to the grocery store for you. Yeah. I'm just going to go here. This is all I'm going to do. And and you're being like, okay, go ahead. And well, then it was just this one you're, time. You're not getting your car back. Yeah, it's just because, this one time. Yeah, these companies have a uh, companies these these agencies have a, a a horrible track record of doing whatever they feel like they want to do and and justifying everything they do in the name of terrorism, in the name of this and that. Well, in the name of fear is what they do. Yeah. This, they they scare people to death, and they've, they've shown time and time and time again 
that they're going to violate our rights. They're going to do whatever. So, right. And this is the Fourth Amendment right that they're going to be violating. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, maybe if Apple said, give us the phone, we'll unlock it for you. We'll, we'll give you the information on it. Yeah. Maybe I would say okay with that because then it's still in Apple's hands. But the fact that they want to do it and they're so bent out of shape about Apple not giving it to them makes me think that, you know, they want – I they think, can't figure it out. No, and, and they it pisses just, them off, so they want to figure out how to get into it. I think they just want to set a precedent. They want to, because, to show that we to show that we did it, and then they can use that in the future. Yeah, to say we need to do it again. Yeah. Now I've, I've got a question for you because this is all past tense. This is all done. Um, yeah, could they maybe get a name from somebody else in the Middle East or somebody else that's over here? Possible, but you don't know that for true for for fact and like you were talking about which is a great point they have so many different other avenues of how to connect the dots and all that why can't they do that why do they need this right and they and they haven't obviously been able to do it i mean been able to do it this far so we're just going to give them more take away more of our freedoms and they can do more of whatever they want but let's say this is uh, somebody that uh, a terrorist that we have in custody or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. He's got his cell phone that that you know he's been talking to these other bigwigs. He's one of the big players. What what do you do if you're Apple at that point, knowing that he said that hey, you know, in two weeks you're going to see what happens. Well, if you're Apple, then do you justify it then? I don't. I don't know. That's. I mean, it, it could be something that like a nine eleven that could happen. Well, but if if our if our alphabet agencies are so wonderful at what they do, shouldn't they be able to already figure that out? Yeah, it shouldn't take just a cell phone to figure that out. Yes, right. True. But I think in a situation like that, Apple and the government, you better work together to figure something out. I just I still don't know. But, and I know that's probably and it may yeah, be it's unpopular. It's that slippery slope you're, because you're walking. It's just they're, that they're just going to use it. To, and I'm not saying that terrorists, you know what, that they should, that they have any rights because they're dead now. But I, I just don't. I don't think, even think that's an issue. But no, but I just don't think that we should allow that to happen, and I don't think Apple should um, cave into it. You're opening that can of worms. I, ju I just and think about thinking, thinking about how that could affect people in the future. So we're gonna let that. So Apple does it one time now. Okay, let's play devil's advocate. They do it one time now. And then two years from now, like there's a bank run and the economy pretty much collapses. Well, then the government or the alphabet agencies go to Apple and say, I need we need to unlock the codes of these people because we feel that they're terrorists. And it's people yeah. like, you know, that are going out and, and doing things for themselves. Yeah. We've classified. Yes. These these way. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I just I think that's really scary. Unfortunately, I think that the terrorist actions have they did their damage. So I think the alphabet agencies should use all of their other avenues to collect information. Like they seem to collect on us, you know, on the American people and use, use, you know, use it as a learning experience. But I, I don't, in my opinion, I don't think Apple should. Now, I, I think kudos to Apple for having this so encrypted that they, these people can't get into it. Yeah. But, on on you know again we'll, I'll go devil's advocate. What's to say that Apple's just not doing this as a as a a public thing saying hey we're we're going to fight the government but they're in, end up going to cave. The only reason they're doing this now is public perception. Yeah, could be. We tried, but in in behind the scenes they're going okay. Give us a couple of weeks. We'll give you what you want, but we've got to do this little campaign that makes us Maybe. makes us seem like we're we're protecting their interests. You're right. 
I mean, it it could be. We just don't know. There's and the th- thing that's sad about this is everybody calls us crazy for being conspiracy theorists and this and that. But no, you call me this, crazy. Well, I'm just talking about us oh, preppers okay. in general and okay. people. It, it's just it happens so often that you can't help but be worried about something. I right. mean, it happens all the the NSA is one big huge we can do whatever we want type thing. Mm -hmm. 20 years ago, it was almost unheard of. I mean, they were around, but we didn't hear about it a lot. Right. And now that all that stuff, the information's come out. Now they're just like, well, we're, we're out in the open. Yeah. We just got to tell people we're, we're, we're We're collecting your your information illegally. Yeah. So, but it's good for you. And, and it, you know, it, when you think of it in that respect, it, it seems justified. Mm -hmm. But when you think about all the other things that, that, these agencies do it just like i don't i don't know i just don't like it because i don't like where everything is headed right so so that's all i've got you got anything else nope all right do you have any ideas for next week's tinfoil hat time or are you gonna wait and surprise us then next week's all you I'll have to wait and surprise you, but I do. The last episode of the X Files is on Monday, and that's I know it's going to have aliens. I've been real impressed with that. You have not horrible, but it's not. Yeah. I like it. The, the acting, the, I mean, it's just... I don't know. like it. Uh, but anyway, uh, we'll talk to everybody later. Uh, until then, take care and prepare, and we'll see you next week. Bye.